Welcome to the Adapt and Overcome podcast from AltRPO. In this podcast, we're examining key questions like how are resilient teams formed and what do great team leaders do to empower their teams to adapt and overcome any obstacles that come their way. We look forward to talking with team leaders that are on the front lines, experts in their fields that can offer great insight, and the professional facilitators and leaders on our team here at AltRPO. Let's dive into today's episode. episode 18 of the Adapt and Overcome podcast from AltRPO. I'm Emily Lewin. I'm here with Sean Olfeld and John Holly. We are so excited to talk to you guys today about some of the big ideas videos that uh, have been shared on our LinkedIn page and our website and in our team leader community. So I'm going to kick it off with a question to you guys uh, this week. Uh, Van shared a video where she talked about how people have shifted and if team leaders are planning to go back to the way things have always been, they're missing an opportunity to shape the future with their team. Uh, And she recommended being curious, looking to your team to define what is next. So my question for you guys is how have you shifted through uh, this experience or just through the first five months of this year? And how do you see the way you've shifted changing the future going forward? So I guess I'll, uh, I'll jump in there. Uh, I think the, the way that I've seen myself shift up until now is kind of being more aware of the time that I'm spending on certain things. And that's not necessarily the time, but the effort um, to kind of rack and stack in my own brain what is uh, most impactful to those around me being my family, my friends, uh, and, and the clients and, and folks that I help. So I think that allows me to put more effort towards the things that matter more. I know that sounds very simple, but, you know, until not even a month ago, I, I was feeling sort of burnt out about how much I was putting in and realizing kind of how I needed to, to move my focus and that shift definitely has taken place for me. It was a forcing function. Obviously COVID is the one, the, the one thing that actually forced me to, to really dive down and, and think about it. But uh, I really enjoyed that part of Van's, uh, Van's clip. And I'll also say the, the other thing that she added in there was that bringing your team together to discover the future is uh, you know, obviously crucial as opposed to just making a top-down decision type of thing. And that really resonates with me, um, especially as a facilitator to get the tacit knowledge of your folks to answer the question for you. Are you answering the right question? Uh, is, is the way forward iterative or are we kind of just stuck in, in the decisions that leadership has made, that type of thing. So I, I really enjoyed Van's, uh, Van's thing. Yeah, Emily. So the way I look at it is, is shifting. Uh, it's something I think that everyone always is doing, whether they realize it or not. Um, so I think the big change or, or a big shift, if you will, that I experienced was the fact that uh, the iteration of shifting increased. So um, whereas we may have run out uh, some internal ideas for, let's say, two months, um, we were doing it in a week and a half to two weeks and making a decision and then 
pivoting from that decision. So I think the biggest change um, in the first five months of this year uh, or biggest shift is just in the speed at which we were looking at opportunities, engaging, should we pursue or should we not? And then just constantly pushing forward. All right. I want to change my answer. That was a much better answer than mine. I like it. I'm going with what John said. <laughs> um, so, uh, all right. So Kelly had a uh, video where she was talking about paying attention. And so the question to the two of you is, uh, and, and you can take it however you want and you can honestly, you can change the question entirely to answer it uh, however you'd like. But uh, I want to know how you guys are paying attention. Has it changed? Um, and what has that resulted in for you? I'll start first. So I think paying attention, uh, let's say when, especially for the, the majority of people who have shifted from a kind of being in person to a, a remote setting, um, becomes way, way more challenging. Um, when you're sitting in front of somebody, you know, you're able to look at them and they can see you looking at them and um, you know that you have their, their attention and that they're present. Uh, the biggest challenge is, and this has always been the case with, with video conferencing, is, you know, it's very easy to do other things. It's very easy to, you know, multitask as, as people think they can do. The problem is, is um, you really lose that concentration, you lose that focus. So I think the, one of the biggest challenges here is, okay, we're on way more video conferences. We're on all sorts of, uh, you know, engaging with clients and coworkers through, through video. Um, is me staring directly at the camera the entire time? Does that prove that I'm paying attention? Um, and, and I don't think that's the answer. Um, so I think it's somewhere in between. And it really probably comes down to active listening and being able to, to speak back. Also, maybe even setting the stage, right? So um, if, the, if somebody who's hosting the meeting has the intention that everybody is going to be staring at their camera the entire time, and, it, and in their mind, if they're not, they're not paying attention, setting those ground rules, right? So, hey, guys, we know there's a lot of other stuff going on. We ask that you actively listen. If you're not looking at the camera, that's okay. Um, you know, we, we understand as long as you're able to participate and, and keep the conversation moving. I think for me, what comes to mind when you ask that question, uh, the immediate thought has to do with being present. And I think, you know, the last few months, as we've discussed, have had a lot of change and transition and challenging things to work through. And it's been an interesting exercise for myself to pay attention to uh, my even own internal willingness to be present because I think when you go through adversity, it's very easy to excuse yourself from having to be present because it's really uncomfortable to be present in a lot of uncertainty or a situation where you're really um, out of your element, you know, and it can be much easier just to check out or kind of live in a space uh, of a little bit of denial or just avoiding being present in the moment. And uh, being present is something I've really tried to cultivate over the last few years. And so um, just giving myself little checks through the day. Um, somebody mentioned this earlier today about putting something in their schedule to remind themselves to check in with themselves, you know, and just give yourself a quick check of how am I doing? Am I paying attention to myself? Am I paying attention when I'm, you know, in a video meeting and my brain is wandering and I'm not being very present with what's going on? Um, maybe I need to stand up. Maybe I need to sit down. You know, maybe I need to 
do a mic drop and get off the video <laughs> and take a walk. You know, being paying attention to myself to understand what I need to be present because I think for me, the ability to actively listen and participate and kind of bring my best self uh, has a lot to do with actually being in the moment, being present. And uh, I think that it's a really, really valuable thing to be able to give, you know, to go back to what you were saying before, John, being present with your family, you know, and not always being distracted by what you need to do or what's coming up or being on your phone the whole time or those kinds of things. So just trying to actively have times when I put my phone down when I'm with people or um, the other, you know, piece of being present, I think, and, and paying attention, I've noticed um, it's just... I've really appreciated the number of people who've reached out to check in with me and see how I'm doing. And that has highlighted a lot of relationships and support and care that I didn't necessarily know that I had. And so then trying to be mindful um, and pay attention to then put some of that out as well and reach out to people around me or, or our team and say, you know, how are you doing? What's going on with you? Because it's so meaningful to me to have those check-ins and to feel like people are paying attention to me that then sharing some of that attention out, I think is also really meaningful. So I know that kind of took it in a couple of different directions, but you know, being present with yourself and then kind of sharing that attention with other people, I think is really powerful. So, so one of the things, one of the re recurring themes that we've seen uh, both this week and in, in past weeks is uh, growth, right? So how can you grow? What can you do to grow? Um, and then this idea of, kind of the old normal and a new normal. And I guess my question to you guys is, can growth and normal coexist? Whoa, Emily, you go first <laughs> while I think about this. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, I was watching the new Jerry Seinfeld Netflix special last night, and he talked about how great and suck are basically the same thing or right next to each other. And he's like, you know, you get an ice cream cone, you're walking down the street, it's great. The ice cream falls off onto the sidewalk. That sucks. What do you say? Ah, oh, great. You know, he's like, they're literally like <laughs> right next to each other. And I, it, I think it's, it's kind of like that, you know, because I think you, you have to be willing to allow your normal to change and adapt anytime you go through growth. And I think the hardest thing for people in making any big change that allows for big growth is releasing that sense of normal because they don't have any idea of what a new normal might look like on the other side. You know, if you think about it with a huge dietary change or a huge exercise change or something like that from a wellness perspective, you know, one of the hardest things for people to imagine is like, what would my life be like if I didn't have bread? You know, they just can't even comprehend it. And then if you are willing to go through that process, you discover that there is a whole world that can exist without bread in it. And that, it's obviously a silly example. I don't have anything against bread, but it's <laughs> like to allow yourself to imagine what that could be like and kind of expand your, your ability or willingness to have your normal adjusted. But I, I also think that when you change, everything does change along with you. And so sometimes I think it feels like it's going to be really dramatic and it's just not. It's like you make these incremental changes, which I know you're a big fan of, Sean. You know, you make one small change every day and then a year down the road, you turn around and realize, oh my gosh, it's so normal now 
for me to, you know, wake up every day and do this mindfulness exercise or make my bed or not eat bread or whatever those small changes are. And whereas that was totally strange to me before. So I think if you're willing to like make incremental changes and allow yourself to shift, I, I think it's kind of like the great yeah. suck. I think they're like right next to each other. Uh, I'm going to take Emily's answer. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, I so stole Jerry's. So. That, uh, <laughs> that last part uh, resonated with me. And, that, and that's kind of where I was going to go with it, which is if you are, if you are used to, if your normal is to always strive to grow, then yes, answer is mm-hmm. yes. Um, now, if it's not, and you have to grow because of the environment around you changing, then no, because now uh, everything that you do is as a result of somebody else or something else, um, as opposed to yourself. So I think. Uh, if, if you aren't trying to make those one and the same for yourself, then obviously that would be a good thing. Uh, it would be a lot less stress on you over time. And, you know, it's the kind of the opposite of a frog boiling in water. Um, over time you can, you can be so steeped in your own personal growth and change that it's normal. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, that wraps us for uh, for this week. Um, uh, we've made, made an announcement in the past. We've recently launched a team leader uh, community. It's called Forge Forward. It's on altarpo.com uh, slash community. Uh, if you're a team leader, if you're looking to build resilient teams, uh, establish a resilient team, um, figure out how to deal with the current uncertainty and uncertainty that's uh, you know waiting for us months down the road, uh, you know, this is a place for you. Come, you, know, you can come, you can talk with other team leaders. Uh, we provide all sorts of insight and uh, kind of lessons that we've learned um, from our past backgrounds as well. So check that out. It's called uh, Forge Forward. It's altarpo.com slash community. Um, and if you do go on, use the, uh, the discount code FORGE, F-O-R-G-E, all capital. That'll get you 100% off the annual me- membership. So uh, take a look at that. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, please make sure to check out the videos if you haven't already. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adapt and Overcome podcast from AltRPO. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, please leave us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to find more resources or learn more about what we do here at AltRPO, or if you want to join our community that's built just for team leaders, you can visit us at altrpo.com. That's A-L-T-R-P-O.com. And you can find us on social media or LinkedIn at AltRPO. We'll see you next time.